Now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get to I'm like glad your mom, mom wasn't here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, I really should I punch him? <laughs> it doesn't work if you're not wearing Why? a mariachi suit. Uh, we're not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of Bagged and Boardcast. It's not an old one that you're just listening to again by mistake. This is an all-new one because it's episode number 155. And we all have haircuts right now. We do. <laughs> we do. Some are more happy with them than others. So how's that for the start of a new year? It's a pretty good new year, I think. It's a new year, but we still come at you with the three old segments. No, fuck you, Paul. New Year, same host. I'm Chris. I'm John. <laughs> and I'm Paul. Now you can do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> the same old host, same old segments. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Then we go into the list, the books that we're looking forward to coming out January 16th. And we followed that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week we're bringing you our December look back. These are some of the comic books that we read last month or, you know, today, but they came out last month. And we've deemed worthy about discussing. Uh, it's an all-Marvel three-way this time. We've got three books from over at Marvel Comics. We've got Amazing Spider-Man number 700. New Avengers number one. And New and Avengers number one because we're becoming a Jonathan Hickman podcast. You're welcome. Forced upon us. And all new X-Men number one as well. Hey, you guys get a chance to bring books. Yeah. <laughs> right. X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. X-Men. So that happened. That did happen. And we always bring beer. And this week it was Paul's turn. Yeah, it's my turn again. And uh I brought this first one. Uh I did not bring the second one. Thank you, Jen, for uh helping me out. Not a problem. Because uh as you guys know, I'm not a big fan of the barley wines. So it's hard to, for me to spend money on them. Uh, but this one isn't that, it's not a bank breaker. It's a $7 and, $7 and 50 bottle. $7 and 50 cent bottle. There we go. Yeah, it's not bad. It's and not, it's not a bad bank breaker because it's the back burner. <laughs> it's the back burner. It's alliteration. I'm going to take off, I'm going to pop off my sweater vest, guys. I'm going to make it sexy. It's popping up. Right. Stop. Uh, this is from our, fa- one of our favorite breweries. It's Southern Tier. And it's an oak-aged imperial barley wine ale. Uh, that's served at 42 degrees, but we don't really care about that. What we care about is a 9.6 alcohol by volume. I love the back burner. Um, this is probably one of the first barley wines I've had ever. Um, I really enjoyed it. And it, it holds up, like, especially amongst everything else during barley wine. It has a uh, great overall flavor. You know you're drinking a barley wine, but it's not it's not acid coming down your throat. It's it's just a really good well-balanced barley wine. Mhm. Good flavor to it. Very smooth. It's not it's a sweetness there. There's a sweetness. It's not like a a lot of times with the barley wine you just kind of get this overwhelming punch of alcohol and you don't get that with this. Mm-hmm. It's mellow. It's a little coin, I feel, on the tongue. It's yeah, I can get that. A little syrupy, but um, it's not bad. It's a really nice red amber color. Yeah, uh, it's been interesting all the different colors that we've gotten mm-hmm. from the barley is, wines. This is a clear kind of color too, not uh, not cloudy or you know muddy at all. It's just kind of a real 
almost so. Yeah, it is opaque. Uh, red, copper color. No. It's good. Uh, back burner is always up there. If I'm ever dying for a barley wine, it's usually one of the ones that I think of. It's the one that's always and, on my mind. And it's pretty easy to find, too. Mm-hmm. Um, our local supermarket chain usually has it on the shelves there. If nope. you're a fan of, like, Innocent Gun, like the Scotch Ale, I think you might be a fan of this. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's got that, that sweetness oaky. there and that little bit of oak and that kind of same mouthfeel. It's nice, too, because I think that oak kind of mellows it and gives it some mm-hmm. flavor. So, yeah, uh, richness, if you will. back burner, probably, so far, what we've had, I'd probably put it, at about, I think, my number one spot. Mm-hmm. Price point. And also how smooth it kind of is. You know what? Taste, price point, they are a factor when it comes to the barley wines. And I'd put this right up there. As, um, and I really enjoyed the one that we had last week from uh, Full Sail because that one was dirt mm-hmm. cheap. Too. It was like, what, four fifty, four ninety nine yeah. for that bottle? Yeah. And that's why I picked it up because I was like, oh, that's cheap. Dope. Yeah, so, no, I, I've, I've always been a fan of the back burner. I think it was the first barley wine that you've had that you ever liked, Paul. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it still. Uh, still want to go out. Still want to go out of my way for it. Not like something else I might go out of my way for, just figuring out what's new in the news. You were tossing it to me to. No, I was going to pick it up and, I, and then I let you try to. I, you pick but it up you again. went a different way, and I didn't have anything to say to oh, that. Sorry. And then I just was going to let you go. Okay. Well, now somebody else can go with the news. Who wants to go? Everyone's looking at me. Yeah. yeah. By everyone, I mean I because looked over and John was looking up at me. This is the biggest news, right? We all. Yeah. Well, have the same thing. I, I don't know. Are it's, we all going to do the same thing? Yeah, it's it's the, the it, Superman. Yes, yeah, Superman okay. ruling. Um, the U.S. Court of Appeals has ruled in favor of DC Comics that they do hold the rights to Superman uh, over the heirs of Jerry Siegel. Um, this has been a long-running legal battle. We've talked about it before on the show because it keeps circling back. Um, and they said, nope, they've, they've got the rights. It's theirs. Like, sorry. And I don't have the quote in front of me, but DC said something pretty awesome. That's like, we're glad this is finally done with. So now we can finally start paying them the money that they deserve. And it's like, DC's just kind of like, yeah, shut your mouth and take your damn money now. Because they've been yeah. wanting to like help them out, but this whole legal battle's kind of just blocked it. Yeah, if they uh, accepted the royalty money from Warner Brothers, DC Comics, then they would have given up the rights and they would have had to agree that it was a work-for-hire kind of situation. And that's their money. Now, if they accept the check now, then they cannot move this. try to move this up to the Supreme Court, which is their last place that it could go to, because it's been to the appellate the uh, count the what is it the appellate circuit courts so it would have to be moved up to the Supreme Court so it could it might not be over but it's... For it, the likelihood that a this would be picked up by the Supreme Court like making it onto their docket at all I I don't know I think there's bigger issues yeah, there's probably a lot more going on than just that <laughs> this right is such a good beer it's very good it's like a very good beer I keep taking sips and I'm like ah wonderful. And it's good to know that I, I wish I knew how much money they were getting as for royalties and stuff. It's probably you know? a lot. I would hope so. I mean, just from all the publishing, the media, mm-hmm. 
Every uh, single T-shirt that has a Superman on it. Super- Even if it's just like a small percentage, the money that they make off that, it's 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 going to be good, decent cash. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I just hope it's over. Like, yeah, I, I hope it's over, and that way we know that they can just keep on trademarking Superman. So, what other news did we have other than the the maybe it's all over for the Superman trials? Well, as much as we love stuff ending, we also love beginnings, and we've got Joss Whedon uh, beginning something new. Not really, we've talked about this before. He's currently directing the pilot for The Shield uh, TV series that we're going to be getting from ABC. As not, not The Shield, just Shield. Just Shield. Yeah, not to be confused with the FX series. No, I didn't. I said The Shield pilot. Right. It's the pilot for Shield. Okay. Shield pilot. Uh, anyways, uh, and as well as working on scripts for later on down the road. Um, this is something he is invested in, believes in, and wants to be a part of. Uh, they have moved production of the show to Los Angeles, so he can be working on this as well as some other thing he's doing. I think it's a movie based off of some comic books or something. I don't, I don't know what it is. It might, it might make money. I think it's called like Avengers. Which, yeah, I think he said he's. It's the, it's the Marvel Avengers, not the British. Yeah. The Avengers, like, and they do, and when it's marketed, it's marketed Marvel's <coughs> The Avengers. Uh, and it's important. That it is. He put it, came out and just recently said he's got probably about three more, three more weeks of writing that script. But, uh, back to the S.H.I.E.L.D. pilot, uh, so even, you would call it the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. pilot? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the show is just S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's the S.H.I.E.L.D. pilot. Right. Uh, cause it just sounds weird to say the S.H.I.E.L.D. pilot. <laughs> Agent, Colson is back and going to be one of the stars of the show. And this happens after the Avengers movie. It takes place after the Avengers movie. So when I was hoping that maybe it was a left model decoy or that the actual medics got there in time to save him and Nick Fury's just a dirty lying bastard. Plays the cards he's got. Yeah, he's a dirty lying bastard. And but that makes me feel better. Here's the thing. like He posted on his Twitter that you know, had a costume fitting, feels good to wear that suit again. We don't know if he's going to be a recurring character. This could just be like a flashback thing, too. From what I heard, he was going to be one of the main characters of it. But I, who know, we don't know. It's Joss Whedon. You don't know what's coming until it's happened. You know? I look, rem- at, oh, look at Serenity. Who thought Wash would die? He kills off his favorites. <laughs> he does. When he knows the show's over. He kills his face. Sure, been over. He, yeah, it's the movie. Uh, but no, I mean, you you never know what's going to happen. You know, you can guess and you know look at IMDb to see who's cast and what, and if they're even going to have those things released. You never know. But I'm something I will definitely check out. Both of them, Avengers two and Shield. Not what? the shield. <laughs> Not no. the shield. Because I, I, I couldn't. I tried. I couldn't get into that show. But what do you? If Agent Colston is a recurring character, the main kind of character for the series, and he's alive, do you still feel like it undercut the whole his whole death in the Avengers movie? Or I, I think so. I think so. And, and it's we're far enough away from that movie to think that first time you see it that it 
Because you guys gave me some shit about I, I wanting s- him to be alive. I I think it does cheapen it. Like that's mm-hmm. that was the push. You know, that's what did it. Yeah, that's that the blood stain that's laying like scorched onto the wall. Like, that was the emotional resonance of that mm-hmm. movie. It it was. It was the push that they needed. And Nick Fury is a lying, dirty bastard, and he will lie and get that moment even when it doesn't occur. Yeah, and that kind of se- that would seal it for him being that kind of character. Because before, right now, he's just the he comes off a little too goody goody. Yeah, a little bit. I would say that about him. He doesn't come off as the super spy. Mm-hmm. You get glimpses of it. You get those moments where he's talking to you don't know who they are, but like the shadowed figures. You get him pulling out the bazooka. Take down the plane. Like, you get the glimpses of that. Yeah. You're never gonna get a full on Nick Fury super spy movie or I think more than what you've seen already. Sounds good. Yeah. You know what my thought is? What's your thought? More barley. Other barley wine. And we are drinking Founders 15th anniversary ale, their bolt cutter barley wine. And this is nineteen ninety nine for the bottle, and it is fifteen percent alcohol per volume. This is the biggest of the big boys that we've had. I think. This what was the highest? Like ten? Eleven. Eleven. Eleven point five for yeah. the old crustacean. I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is the. I, I. This is Chimay territory. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the highest alcohol we've had on the show. Other than maybe the high gravity lager, I don't know how. Even much that though is. I think yeah. those are like ten. Yeah, th- yeah, those aren't that bad. Just you get more of that sugar from it. So we're drinking this early. We got through our first one real quick. We wanted to get do this one because it was so heavy. Uh but it doesn't leave me with dragon breath. You know, I don't feel like I'm breathing fire for fifteen percent alcohol. Yeah. It's yeah. smooth. It's incredibly smooth. Not a lot of burn. It's got a nice coat to it. Nice sweetness. Yeah, uh, and when it, we're drinking it probably at the proper temperature it should be. Um, when you drink this colder, like Chris and I have both had this on tap, yeah. and when you get it right from the tap, it has got like amazing fruit taste to it. Little raspberry, kind of like a, a little kind of apricot plum kind of going on. I'm getting more like toffee, almost caramel. It's it's interesting yeah. that, how that right? it just yeah how it just opens up so differently. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe raisin, yeah, you know, because toffee and raisin, for whatever reason, those flavors are kind of next to each other. I imagine on the color wheel of taste of flavor. Yeah, no, I can. You know, there's like that, like a richness, but like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. I get. I get that makes sense. I get the raisin. I definitely get the raisin, especially like right in the back of your tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, when you drink it, you know you're you you know you're drinking something mighty, you know, and it is. It's it is a a big beer, and you know you're drinking it, but you don't really get like you said, you don't get that dragon breath. You don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, you might get a little warm gumming down, but it's not it's not fire. You know, it's yeah. not like I get the warm whiskey. Yeah. I get the warmth when it hits my gullet. Yeah. You get it down after you swallow it. That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. It's it's only after it's hit rock bottom does it let you know that you might hit rock bottom if you drink too much. <laughs> it, it will hit you hard. It's not something, like, it is not something that you should drink on your own. Not this big bottle, no. 
And it is. It's a big bottle. It's uh you you might be running around saying call me Bercules if you drank this all by yourself. How I much your mother reference. Second one I've made all night. There you go. Paul loves it. I knew you would like that not, show. Not on this podcast though. That's the first <laughs> one on this podcast that I've made. Seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, um is this is this it for probably one month? No. We had we two, have another we week. Got two okay. more two more next week. Oof. But that's it for me buying barley wines. Yeah, the next ones are both going to come from me. And then we can uh, call it. I'm going to call it then. Yeah, this is delicious, though. Uh, much like our sl- comic book selections next week. Also delicious. That's right. We're going to be uh, checking out the books that are coming out January 16th. Uh, and I'll go first. It's a book that we're going to be talking about during our look back. It's going to be New Avengers number two. And all the reasons that I give for liking the first issue, spoilers for later on, 20 minutes into this podcast, but, um, are the reasons why I'm picking up number two. So I, I'm, I'm not going to talk much more about it because I'm just going to say, I, I'd probably like to check out number two. Oh, good. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Well, we'll you'll hear about it in a couple minutes, John. Uh, I'm going to go with threshold number one, uh, over at DC. Um, written by Keith Giffen and art by Tom Rainey. And huh. th- this is going to be spinning out of Green, uh, Green Lantern, Guardians of New Guardians, annual number one. Um, and it's going to be following kind of, um, these characters that are kind of being hunted for like TV. And it's a group of like those star char- like star meaning space. Okay, cosmic. Those characters. cosmic yeah. kind of characters. Um, and they're in, they're in the city with a ex Green Lantern who's been disgraced and has lost his ring, and he's kind of the lead of this. So I'm um, I saw it. I said, you know what? It sounds kind of fun. It sounds like it might be cool, and it's something to pick up at least for a look back. Tom Rainey did a uh, Young Justice right for a while. Um, he I know he did Superboy. Superboy. He did Outsiders. Outsiders. Okay, uh, outsiders. That's what I'm thinking. He Young jumped over. Kid. He was over at Marvel for a while too. Mm-hmm. He did, I think, X Men. I know he did. Probably one of those X books. I don't and, know which ones. Sorry, back up. Uh, Larfleeze story. Larfleeze is still around. Yes. Okay. He is. I forget about him. That did that Christmas special Christmas issue ever come out? The Larfleeze Christmas issue. Yeah, that came out like two okay. years ago. Yeah, I, I, I think you, you had. You read it, remember? It had like the. Uh, oh, which one am I actually thinking? The the Red Lantern cat. Uh, oh, the Dexter. Dexter. No, Hall, that was uh, just uh, like the Valentine's. Out there, yeah. Valentine's Day comic. Yeah. Because think, Valentine's Day is right around in the corner, boys. Maybe, better think, get your chocolate maybe, maybe next ready. Year. Jeff John likes to throw out those <laughs> ideas, kind of as like an April Fool's. Like when he was working with no um, near nowhere near April when he threw that idea out. <laughs> I think he just likes to do it because when he was he threw this out before April and then I think on April first he announces that it's an April Fool's. But he said when he was working with uh, Richard Donner on mm-hmm. Superman that the two of them were writing Goonies two that was going to come out in a miniseries, and then on April Fool's he was like, "No, April Fool's guys." So. He oh. likes to do stuff like that. Good, good for him. Good for him, dicking people around, <laughs> yeah. giving them hope for something. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to read Goonies two in a 
Well, it was kind of, especially when they called Goonies 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> you know, I played Goonies 2 on the NES. I'm fine. I found the mermaid. Everything's cool. Are you? Are you fine? I'm okay. I think it damaged you. Yes. I was a little bit bitter about it. It was a bad video game. Nobody <laughs> should play it. <laughs> now people are going to contact at beggingboardcast.com's demanding my apology for that. That's okay. Chris. Yes. Save all, me all you have to from do my is rambling on, self. On April 1st, say it was an April Fool's. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm actually looking forward to a Marvel book. It's Daredevil number 22, uh, written by Mark Wade. We've been loving this book ever since it started coming out. Um, we're getting a team-up here. It's Daredevil with the new superior Spider-Man. So you could say this is also spinning out of Amazing Spider-Man number 700. Yes. Um, also, Stiltman is back. Hey, didn't Punisher kill him? Wasn't it the big thing when they brought Punisher into like the Marvel Marvel universe that they had him? They had this, Stiltman in the issue. This could be a new yeah Stiltman though. Plus, it's been so it, long. It's basically just it. Stiltman is just a person with like extendable legs. It, someone could have bought that tech like somewhere because like, we've seen the because somebody needs superhuman like auctions like the casino and what was it X Men. Domino and Daredevil, yeah, or was that, that like was X Factor? Or... That was yeah, that was okay. X Men. Yeah, with those. So like, someone could have just snapped up that tech. You got that tech somewhere. because they need to steal pies from high window ledges. <laughs> yeah, it's up to Daredevil and Superior Spider Man to stop them. Inter- I'm, I'm interested in seeing that because I'm I'm interested in a writer like Mark Wade taking on what's going on with Spider Man now. So what's going on with Spider Man now? Oh, right into the main topic, huh? With Spider-Man 700. The main story being written by Dan Slott, art by Humberto Ramos. Humberto Ramos! I like him a lot. I do, too. Bagden Bordcast favorite. And then there's backup stories that we'll talk about uh, when we talk about them. When we talk about them. But overall, John, I know you haven't been probably following this book at all online, so... Did you pick up what was happening in Spider-Man? Jay Jonah's parents are back? Yeah, there's so much stuff I didn't know was going on in Spider-Man until I read this. Yeah. Like, Aunt May married one of Jonah's father. Yeah, Jay Jonah's father, which really made me wonder how old Jay Jonah is and when his father sired him. Yes. (laughs) The timeline's off there. Yeah, because it's like, huh. Well, Aunt can be older. And yeah. is older and than she is yeah. older because she was older than his parents, right? Um, and you got to put Jonah maybe in his fifties. I always, I always pictured him, him older. Yeah, I always imagine, but him he's got to like Aunt a twenty-year-old, twenty-five-year-old mm-hmm. astronaut son because his son was dating MJ right. or Gwen Stacy or one of the, MJ, and he also became a werewolf by night. Yeah. So just by night, though, <laughs> you gotta imagine he's probably in his fifties. The Spider Man's kind of grown up in there, so maybe he's in his sixties. I mean, my father's sixty, and he has a thirty-year-old son, thirty, thirty-four-year-old daughter. Yeah. Who are these people that your father has sons and daughters of? What? Oh, you're talking about yourself? No, he's got another family. <laughs> okay, I thought so. No, kind of. We're the ones that he chooses to be with, though. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> the other family sucks. <laughs> Hard to imagine. 
hard to imagine. Not, uh, yeah, but yeah, you know that kind of stuff. It's like you're flipping through the pages and you're like, "Oh, that happened." Yeah. Man. One more day was so long ago. And they throw so many characters at you. It's like, I don't know who any of these people are. I knew, we know about the, well, not the Future Foundation, but what they, it's Horizon. Yeah, the Horizon Labs. Horizon Labs. I didn't know any of the characters, but I kind of knew of it because of the issues of the Fantastic Four. What I think this book does better than Jonathan Hickman's End of Fantastic Four is most people are going to pick this up because of what it's, what it is. That's why I wanted to read it. So you read this, mm-hmm. you get the idea of the characters who are in the Spider-Man world. And the so, past characters, too. And yeah. so you know when, because they're hoping that this is going to have you go pick up, what is it? Superior Spider-Man. Superior Spider-Man. That you're going to know those characters or have an idea of who they are. And they do a good job of doing that. And this is what's this? What's this book about? Because we haven't talked about it yet. It is a, and that's why I kind of threw it to John to ask him whether or not he understood what was going on. It is. Well, I'm not an idiot. It is a Freaky Friday moment between Doc Ock and Peter Parker. They have switched brains yet retained the memories of the other person. All of the memories. Yes. So one more day did not affect Doc Ock when he transferred into Peter Parker. He remembers being married to Mary Jane Watson. He remembers the, the whole run, all of his knowledge of Mary Jane. So that's why I'm back on this book, because one more day is finally over. I think uh, yeah, it's actually, basically, yeah. I thought it was actually kind of over in the book to begin with. No, no, because their marriage was absolved by metamorpho. Yeah, meta. Sosceles, what, what is the Mephisto. Name? Mephisto. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think they had a moment a little bit ago where they undid that. Okay, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. either. So, <laughs> I don't know what that was, but okay. But I, yeah. I, I haven't been reading Spider-Man either. I, it's just something that I think I, I heard somewhere down the road that they... No, it's all still... Is it? Alright. Yeah. Right. And, so and what we have is Doc Ock trying to get everything that Peter Parker hasn't had just to spite him, just to claim ultimate victory over Peter Parker. And Peter Parker being in Doc Ock. A dying, crippled... Organs are shutting down. Hours, hours to live and trying to just... Figure out any way possible to get back. what's, What's kind of funny is... This book is a Spider-Man story with Spider-Man against a villain that's outpowered him. And the whole time, Spider-Man's fighting him. He just can't win. He just can't win. Until that last moment where he has that final idea to beat the character. So it's the same Spider-Man formula, just well done and and different. That's a Yogi Berra, but okay. No, I mean, but it's... It's the same Spider-Man, but different. It's the same formula... But instead, you know, he's in the villain's body in the... You're right. It's different because he dies at the end. He doesn't He doesn't do that switch mm-hmm. and get back into right. his body. Like, that's how it's different. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man dies. Yeah. Peter Parker dies, yes. But Peter Parker dies in Doc Ock. In Doc Ock. Yeah. But he has just enough 
of Peter Parker, Parker essness inside of Doc Ock's mind, inside of Peter Parker's body to he become Spider-Man again. Him to, like, it, he forces him to live Spider-Man's life, but as him, or Peter Parker's life, but as Otto Octavius in that Peter Parker role and having all those memories mm-hmm. flush as shown upon by him. Humberto Ray Marlowe's art show, depicting Doc Ock as Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. The, which was a cool... the goggles yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, the first the time you cut. see like the yeah. flashbacks, it's done in a very nice way. It's a very lightly colored, like, inked mm-hmm. art well, style. And I was like, why is, why did he draw Peter Parker so bulky? And I was like, oh no, was like, he's, that's, that's Doc Ock. Look at the bowl cut. Mm-hmm. Like, it took, me a, it, it took me a second, second glance. Too, yeah. Well, because uh, it's the same round glasses that Doc yeah. Ock wore as a kid and Peter Parker wore as a kid. And even in the heaven scene, you know, mm-hmm. I really like Everything the touch. Yeah. Of, oh, it's the classic Peter Parker, you know, dork. And then every time he talks to somebody different, he's wearing the clothes and has the style of that era where those characters were most important. You know, he's wearing the turtleneck with the Stacys. And he's uh, wearing his uh, Horizon outfit, lab coat with his scientist parents. parents. He's he's talking to uh, Uncle Ben in in the Spider-Man, you know, in the Spider-Man costume. Which it, makes the most sense. Which it, it, it's it's great. I I love Humberto Ramos on art. I don't know if that was a Dan Slott, like hey, when he's talking to someone else, draw them as that style, or if that was an artistic choice. Um, but it it works so well, and I really enjoyed this book. The only thing that threw me off is I just I don't know all those characters. Yeah, and, man. Well, not only those. I didn't know these villains had upgrades. Yeah. Like, they're so they far. always kind of have those, they always have those kind of upgrades. They upgraded, they upgraded to that armor suit for Scorpion years ago. You know, this one just isn't like the silver and purple, it's back to being green. Um, but man, Doc Ock doesn't even look human anymore. No, he doesn't. Yeah, I don't know what so, happened. So just, I think, old, decrepit. Like, I don't know why he's dying. I don't know what's happening. But he's got like, Lens, like, it almost looks like kind of camera like, lenses for eyes. Like tubes sticking out of his mouth. Well, I it, remember during the Frank Cho art on the Marvel Knights. The Mark Millar? Or? No, the Frank Cho was on our, I don't remember who was writing, but it was the Marvel Knights Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Doc Ock was dying in that. Like, he had some sort of disease, degenerative situation, and he was just dying. In that. So it's been. So this could have been a while. Eight years. We've, we've been of out of dying. the Spider-Man. And I do like the reference of um, the vultures dead too. Yeah. Like that's something I never, I didn't know. And I, I did read that first page to kind of give you that recap, and it's seriously two paragraphs long. First one's just about Peter Parker, blah blah, radioactive spider, blah blah. He's Spider Man. And then there's another one that's just oh, and by the way, Doctor Octopus and Peter Parker have switched brains and bodies, and go. Yeah. There was really no. Hey, here's who everybody is, which I kind of wanted from this one because I haven't read a Spider-Man book in years now. But that's the only fault I really have with it. Um, I guess Dan Slott gets a lot of crap for his Spider-Man writing. This is just from stuff I've seen online. I haven't read any of it. Um, this is the first Spider-Man book that I've read since, uh, Amazing Spider-Man. I can't remember what issue I left off on, but it was when they started doing the other. Yeah. Crossover between the three books at that time. And I was just like, nope, not buying three Spider-Man. I'm done. Yeah. Um, I was writing, uh, reading the Craven stuff and that one, like, I just kind of never picked up that 
the third issue of that, that series. Yeah. It was pretty good. Um, I just never picked it up, and it never was like, oh, I missed it. Meh. You know, I just kind of could pass over it. It was good. I think that was Dan Slott writing it then. Um, but I really liked, I really enjoyed the Spider-Man enough for me to actively want to get superior Spider-Man. Yeah. I, um, I, it's just so weird that it's going to be Doc Ock with, you know, Peter Parker in the, and uh, I think the backseat driving. I know it's the hook. I'm like, yeah, tell me when Peter Parker's back in the driver's it's, seat. You're going to have, and that's your yeah. eventual, eventual payoff because you have Peter Parker in the back of his mind and those memories are going to resurface and he's going to reclaim the persona. I think that's how they're going to wind up working it. And not only will he reclaim the persona, he will reclaim the one more day memories that were lost. Yeah. Which I'm looking forward to. Like that's, that's, that's the hook that got me interested in Spider-Man, but then that's like, Oh, but it's Doc Ock running the show. I think what you're going to see is, by the end of it, it's really just Doc Ock becoming that Spider-Man, and you're going to have those storylines where it is Doc Ock being more, a little more aggressive, a little more out, trying to outthinky kind of things, Mm -hmm. and I think you're just, little by little, you're going to see that just go away, because he is Peter Parker, you know, he's, he's had all of Peter Parker's memories, he's lived through all of that. So he, and he looks like Peter Parker, and they're gonna talk more of him being Otto, Otto Octavius, and it's just gonna dwindle off, dwindle off till he's just finally Peter Parker again, and this is what Peter mm-hmm. Parker is. <coughs> Excuse me. This, this issue is honestly what I wanted it to be. It was a good wrap up for Peter Parker because, no s- big spoilers here, it was widely publicized that, no, Peter Parker dies in this one. Get it on stands now. So I was expecting to see the end of Peter Parker, but a stepping point for something new. And I kind of talked about that. Yeah. Uh, was it last week? Last week during our look forward. You're like, hey, I'm on board with this now. Cause it, it's something that it, that's intriguing. And after reading this, I was like, yeah, I, I do want to see more. I'm looking forward to that. And the first issue of Superior is out and I think it's sold out. Like they're going to be going on to another printing of yeah, it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I really love the payoff of the, you know, as a final issue of him. In that heaven moment, you know, that is what sold it for me. Like, he gets all that. And then at the very end, he's like, if everybody's here, right, all my loved ones are here, just lift me up so I can look at them one more time. It's the Anakin Skywalker, you know, moment of, you know, take the helmet off, let me see you. Let me see you with my eyes, my real eyes for one last time. You get that moment and it works. It does. Uh, it, everything about it works. And, like, even just the play between, you know, Doc Ock and, and Spider-Man, just that, oh, you know, he, of course I got into your system here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to activate my, my self-destruct. System. Yeah. Your and, self-destruct. You mean oh, you, the one that I deactivated? We've done this song, song and dance before, just, just on the other side. Roles yeah. reversed, yeah. So, it really is, you know, what I, I grew up reading Spider-Man comic books. What I have this, you know, I have a, I have a feeling for Spider-Man. I've been to read it for years, but you grow up with something. You have, you a have kinship. a kinship to yeah. it. And like this book got me. It got what I want out of a Spider-Man book. And that's why I'm going to pick up the other one. Cause I'm like, okay, this guy has shown me that he 
he gets what I want out of my Spider-Man books, I'm going to give him, I'm really going to give him a shot now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have to say, it's kind of like Scott Snyder gets Batman, gets Batman villains. Yeah. This guy show, showed me tonight, because this is the first time I read it, that he gets Spider, well, we he gets my idea of Spider-Man. He did before bring, the last time we reviewed Spider-Man was the issue where he was with the Future Found, or with the FF. And they were battling the robot pirates of, yeah. like, from way back yeah, in the day. Some... And that was written by Dan Slott. And I really liked I did really you, like you that. You really liked it, but you didn't keep up with it. No. I wasn't ordering my comics at that time. It was just me kind of picking up books willy-nilly. Right. But this is now on your order list. I would definitely pick up... I Not only would I pick up um, Supreme Spider-Man... I would superior. Add, superior. I, it's okay. I I keep on calling it Avenging Spider-Man because I know that was one of a title. It's one of the books that was like that the Zeb Wells. Uh, it's um, with him being more with the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would actively look for more Dan Slott stuff. Like I I enjoyed. I really it. liked his uh, the Thing run. Yeah. Did he? Is he, he liked his uh, She-Hulk too. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that did. Okay, I was yeah. just gonna say he did Shield because I really enjoyed the that's, first one, and that's why when they said, "Oh, he's taking over Spider-Man," I was like, "Oh, that would probably be pretty good because he's it, tongue-in-cheek it, Marvel. It's, it's f- that fun mm-hmm. kind of superhero writing. It's not to the level of Jason Aaron over at Wolverine and the X-Men, but it's that, like you said, tongue-in-cheek. It, there's there's a kitschiness to it. Yeah, he goes, he'll go all the way back into the Marvel vault to pull out a because he's he's a fan. He's a mm-hmm. fan. So, uh, I do, I do, I did enjoy it. I really did. How about these backups? Uh, Spider Dreams, uh, J.M. Dementis with, uh, art, or, by, uh, Giuseppe Camoncoli? Camoncoli. There yep. it is, Camoncoli. It was, that was, it, it's all about a grandpa trying to reconnect with his grandson after losing everybody else. And him telling him that he used to be Spider-Man. And then kind of telling that story, and then at the end, actually it have been Spider-Man. I, I liked it. It, it kind of had that fun. He's talking about his adventures and his villains. But it's an old man telling the story, so the details are fuzzy. So he doesn't remember who's who, and you see the costumes from different... Heroes and villains kind of smushed together. Yeah. And what also what's, and kind, yeah. what's also kind of funny is he was Spider-Man. He probably has had his head bashed yeah. in how many times? So it probably is just a little a little off by that. It, I thought it was kind of I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. I liked it. I don't think it fits in or needs to be in this seven hundred. Right. I I, I want okay. sorry. I want like that Spider-Man retrospective. I want. Like, if you want to boil Spider-Man down to the essence and have a backup story about it, here it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this really fits that. It's fun, but this is more of just like a throwaway story. See, I was I, thinking... I, 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 not to cut you off, Paul, but I, I just agree with... I agree with Chris. It was fun. It was interesting to read. But after reading that previous story, I was less into it, and it... Mm-hmm. It kind of grew on me as I was reading it. See, I was thinking yeah. I was trying to sell the idea that no, Peter Parker won't be the only Spider-Man. Spider, because even Ben or uh, <laughs> Uncle, yeah, Uncle Ben says to him, "You know, you've deserved a time to rest, and when that happens, after you finish this one more thing, you can let somebody else be Spider-Man." 
So it almost feels like Marvel kind of dipping the toe into the water saying, no, Spider-Man will be a legacy character. They've done it with the Ultimates, Spider-Man. And but the thing also this doesn't seem quite right, you know. He's still he's still Spider Man, you know. He's mm-hmm. still yeah. Peter Parker, it's just somebody else walking around in that brain. Mm-hmm. And in this backup, it's somebody completely different. Yeah, but he's fighting alongside you know General or Colonel America, who has the hammer. Yeah, Iron Devil. Iron Devil. Yeah. And you see a lot more characters. There's like a Magneto, Cyclops, like mm-hmm. amalgamation in there. And uh the Nick Fury, Daredevil. Yeah. But he's like, wait, no, he wasn't completely blind, so and, he wasn't Matt And that's Murdock. The, the kind of fun, yeah. because that's where you get the old man telling the story. He's like, well, no, he had an eye patch, so maybe he wasn't blind. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Because like, Nick Fury would still be Nick Fury. He has the Infinity Serum in him, so he's going to live forever. But the character, yeah. the character looks like... He looks like Matt Murdock. You know, yeah. it's like those fun, it's those fun kind of things. So I see when I was reading it, when you guys are talking about, no, it's an old man just telling his story and getting all the details wrong. I was reading that it was like far in the future. This is just a future Spider-Man. And I think you guys are completely right. I just read it completely wrong. This is a guy that's been, brain has been bashed in and he's an old man and he just can't get anything right when he's trying to retell this story. Of what he knows about Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And that's and the thing. When it first starts off, I just figured it was just some old guy trying to reconnect with this little kid because they don't hang out or talk anymore. I even I mean, thought just, like, like, like a Flash Thompson kind yeah. of character. He just happened upon the Spider-Man he, costume. He had, one of the Spider-Man costumes that Peter Parker left in the trash when he quit. Like he, he has a costume. He bought some like silly spray. It was like, Oh, I'm out. I'm sorry. It went bad. Mm-hmm. And and then it does. It's a heartwarming story. I I did enjoy it um, more so after sitting here like talking about it. It it grew it grew on you reading it. How about uh, Date Night by Jen Van Meter, writer uh, writer, and then <coughs> Stephanie Bushima Bushima yeah Bushima yeah Bushima, uh, on pencils. Date Night, a black cat storybook adventure. I really thought this was a lot of fun because it's a story about Felicia Hardy, the black cat, leading the police away from Spider-Man and just kind of going on a romp through town. And running into every other, like, dating couple yeah. in the Marvel Universe. And it's... I, I didn't look at the sto- uh, the title for it, but the fact that it's called A Story Book Adventure, mm-hmm. it fits. Um, I've seen her artwork before a lot online and she was also at the boston comic-con when we were there last year <laughs> and it was one of those tables that when i walked past it i stopped to look i was like oh that artwork's adorable mm-hmm. and i didn't recognize it in here but i saw the name and i was like oh that's that girl and they do start off a, an adorable long time ago thus uh that's the tagline to open up the story and it is about <laughs> yeah black cat leading away the cops and going on a rompous uh, track of New York City. Yeah. And, you know, you see Sue and Reed at the theater, like, it is... Watching date night. It is, like, fun, and I don't know if they put these in here because they're kind of fun things. Okay, Peter Parker's dead, let's kind of... Yeah, but they don't fit the Peter Parker's yeah. dead either. Yeah, you know... They I... just fit... People are paying eight bucks. We better publish something that's in here. It does kind of feel like that, and you know, you get like yeah, the back seven ninety nine. The back, Ooh. the back yeah. three pages are all the covers. 
mm-hmm. from you get one the two. you get the editor notes and some of the artwork for the new superior book coming up to kind of just be like, hey, if you like this, check out what we have coming up. You do get three pages of letters. Yeah, but I did enjoy this uh, date night more so than Spider Dreams. Yeah, that's uh, what it was called, Spider yeah. Dreams. Just because I thought it was more fun, I thought it had a little bit more to do with Peter Parker, even though it had about as much to do with Peter Parker as Spider Dreams. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I you, but I you always get, like Black Cat. You get extra big together. finale for Peter Parker, and after reading that. You know, and knowing that it's a bigger, bulkier issue, I didn't spend the money, Paul spent the money, but I, I was kind of like, I'm okay with just that, you know, don't, I don't need all that ex, that filler in the back. You know, knock it down two bucks and just give me the story with. It does make me want to get a sketch by Stephanie Bushima with Black Cat. But, you know, but it's like, I, I don't, I didn't need that. I think it was a way of putting those things in there and charging a little more money. I think they would have charged just as much money, no matter what they put in the book, since yeah. it was the 700th issue and, yeah. and the, the death the of Peter, Peter And it was going to sell. Yeah. And it was the only book out from Marvel that week. Yeah. Because it was in that week between Christmas and New Year's. But, I, I, you know, I as fun as they were, and I did enjoy them, I didn't need them. Yeah. I, I could have used something <coughs> else... In there, I I liked them. Mm-hmm. I I would have liked more. Hey, here, here's yeah. a Peter Parker Spider-Man story. Like, yeah. you know, just that Peter or, Parker you want, like it, him trying to get to that date with I was gonna MJ. Say, like Peter Parker late but, for a date, trying to yeah. get to the date in his civilian clothes. You know, yeah. not be Spider-Man for this mile yeah. walk that he has to do to get to his date, and then I'll. And then at the very end, he gets splashed by a cab going by, yeah. and his suit's ruined. Exactly. Something yeah. like that would be a fun thing, an homage but to to Peter. We're, we're the only ones saying goodbye to Peter Parker, because Peter Parker is still alive to the rest of the world in yeah, Spider-Man, but, but you know, in the Spider-Man yeah, but, books. Yeah. yeah, but it isn't. Anybody who does read this book, right. it is a goodbye to Peter Parker. But he's still Especially, living in the brain, but and he's still his body's still running around. But yeah, it's, but it's it's Octavius Parker at that right. point. It's not the same because it's going to be like, oh well, this is how Parker would have done it. I'm smarter. I can do it better. You, I came up with an air pillow. That's like you want you want that Webby. Peter Parker being Peter Parker, not yeah. Otto Octavius being Peter Parker. But we all know it's going to be there. So overselling the oh, death of Peter Parker might. Might be a bad thing. That's all I'm saying. But but here we're in seven ninety nine for this book. And here we are talking about like yeah, those backups were fun. They were Mm -hmm. good. It's not what you want, right? It's I understand. I completely. It's it's not what you're owed. You want closure. (laughs) You want you want a moment of closure. And those things would be closure for you. And I know it's comic books, and you know you you know that Superior Spider Man's coming out next week and, and, and you know that Peter Parker eventually is going to be back because they mm-hmm. always come back but you're still killing this character don't have a black cat in a crazy old man ranting you know yeah have have people write like fun little things about Peter because Peter is dead he is well 
And I know, I know it's as hard, uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's Otto, it's, but Chris said it, it's Otto Parker, you know, it's Doc Ock Spider-Man, it's not the same Peter Parker. We but, watched Peter Parker die, so why not have a nice send-off for Peter and a start for this new Spider-Man? But Peter Parker's in the back seat. It's Otto Octavius being in the frontal core, you know, running no, the ship, and it's, Peter it's Parker Otto in the back. Octavius, <clears throat> it's Otto Octavius lived through Peter's things. He's been given Peter's guilt to now be a good guy. Mm-hmm. That's what he's gotten. That, that he's, doesn't make him Peter Parker. Yeah. Right. He's not Peter Parker. He looks like Peter Parker. He knows he's, what Peter knows, but he's still... He still Otto. has his own ambitions and things, but he does have this guilt to keep him on the path of good now. Okay. That's what they've given him. Peter's dead. The character's still going to be called Peter Parker, but the character, the essence of Peter Parker is gone. See, I I still think that that golden Octobot transferred just enough of Peter Parker to have him in there. Not just the and, memories and, and no, or some... And that's the thing. Like, you have life. that in there, but it's still Otto Octavius with that little bit of Peter Parker in there. That does not make him Peter Parker. I, th- you, I think there's enough you Peter can, Parker in there if you that put, he's going to... If you put milk in your coffee, you're not drinking milk. You're drinking coffee with milk in it. Right. That, and that's what you're getting from Otto Octavius right now. Yeah, with Peter right Parker. now. But... Yeah, down the, down the ish, road. Like you were yeah, saying yeah, before. Yeah, yeah down the road you're going to get you're, that. Yeah, eventually you're going to have 50%. But right, but right now, 700 is the issue with yeah. the sell it as the death of Peter Parker. And we're talking about you want that retrospective for Peter Parker, not a year from now what the book's going to be. Okay. This is his death. It should be a send-off to Peter Parker. And you have two things in the back that aren't anything to do with Peter Parker. And yes, like Spider-Man is in the Black Cat one, but it's not his story. It's yeah. her story. I would be surprised in Superior Spider-Man number one because I haven't read it. <laughs> if there isn't thought balloons or word balloons for both Otto Octavius and Peter Parker, I would I would not read it if it, that if that was the case. What was that? Sorry. If there were not word balloons for both Otto Octavius and Peter Parker. Yeah, I think that's just that's cheap. Yeah. I wouldn't read it. I if I if I picked it up and saw that that's what the case was, I'd put the book down and say, "Nope." I think if you do have something like that, it's not going to be for a while. You're going to have it's going to be Otto Octavius being like, "I'm the best. I can do this better than Parker ever did." I think because this is what he went in thinking. This mm-hmm. I have all this experience. I know what he did. I know what he did wrong. I'm going to be better, and that's what makes Superior really interesting for me, and that's why I'm really looking forward to it. It's that moment of Otto Octavius wanting to walk away, taking two steps in the Spider-Man suit away, and then going, no, I gotta stop this bank robbery. No, I gotta stop the Scorpion from doing this. I have, I have to do this. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I have to. Like, oh, I got this great, I, I finally got Mary Jane in the palm of my hands. You know, and he does. He right. he gets her to yeah. admit that she loves Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, I have this date. I'm going to be there. Peter was never there. Yeah. The rhino's running through town. Oh, come on. All right, well, I'm going to stop this real quick and get there on that date. 
and then have him not get there because it took him longer than he thought. Because that... That is Spider-Man. That's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And, yes, he is... The end gives you the thing that he is going to be Spider-Man. You know, he is. Even though it's Otto Octavius running it, it's he's still going to be Spider-Man. He thinks he can do it better. <coughs> I'm, I'm excited for January's look back when we talk about Superior Spider-Man number one. Because I think, uh, you know, this will be settled then. Yeah. You know, whether or not, how, how the transfer how is. going to be done. Yeah, because. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time in that driver's seat issues. I, I imagine they do have it. Yeah. You should move that. I keep hitting yeah. it. Yeah. Or stop just swinging your arms around violently. Very passionate about this. And I finished my barley wine and I'm throwing my arms around when I talk. And we will finish another comic book right now. Which... I thought we were going to finish another barley wine. I could, <laughs> we I, have another one. I could there. go with another drink. Okay, let's let's, let's finish the third barley wine. Let's just throw caution through the wind and Monday be fucked. And this third and final barley wine of the evening is from. Finally, you mean there's nothing else? Well, maybe uh, we can raid my fridge. There's more, but there's no more barley wine uh, in my fridge. We have Blue Point Brewing Companies. Old Hauling Bastard Barley Wine. This is a 10% alcohol by volume. Uh, and this is also a bottle that I've told Paul since Christmas that I've had for us to review. I've told him three times in person and sent him a message on Facebook letting him know which barley wines I had. Well, maybe, you know, John should get off his high and mighty horse and just realize maybe I want to enjoy some barley wines on my own. <laughs> Why are we drinking it now? Because we, for- <laughs> we forced you, we strong armed you to open the barley wine. It's it's I, fine. I suggested it. <laughs> I, barley wine is always better with friends. It, and yeah, I learned, yeah. Uh, drink, drinking is always better with friends. And uh, this is from Blue Point Company, which is a we love optical illusion. Blue Point Toast Lager, Toast is Lager, one, one of, of our favorites. It's great. It's definitely good. Optical illusion and also Toast Lager, two of the Two really good beers. So hopefully Old Howling Bastard won't let us down here. Uh, we're stepping down on the alcohol content by a good 5%. So hopefully this drinking this will sober us up. You definitely Which tell it doesn't have that logic. alcohol. Like, it just doesn't have that, it's that got warmth. A, it's got the barley wine bite to it, though, mm-hmm. on your tongue. It kind of makes you that, I don't want to drink it face that Paul just gave us. <laughs> There's that. Almost skunkiness to it. Yeah. It is kind of gross. I, I wouldn't say gross. It's just, I don't think it's up it's, to the other stuff that oh, we've had tonight no. and earlier. It's not, yeah, it's not to the kind of higher, higher standard that we've been having. And even that 499 yeah. aged, I mean, that was a, that one was a 2011 year, reserve. It was, mm-hmm. it was an aged one. The imperial, you know, the oak aged imperial one we've had. Like it, this it, is. This is why I don't like barley wines. Right yeah. here, you point at this I can, the heavy seas, and you're like, there's this bite to it that is just so gnarly and gross. No. It is. I would, I would, I mean, it has, I wouldn't say gnarly and gross. And you, you say it because that's what yeah. you taste, and you have all the right to taste that. Thank you. Um, that's all I ever look for. But it does <laughs> have, <laughs> as you know, acknowledgement that I'm, there's, there's few things my that I, is I, I, just I, as I allow, as anybody else's. there's a few things that I allow you, I allow you to accept and have for your own. And the taste of this barley wine being 
nasty and skunky and horrendous is that. Um, it's not, it's not a, it's not a great barley wine. It probably is going to be on the bottom of my list. And it's great that we have another bottle to drink of this next week. Um, but it's not, it's not, it's not bad. It's, you can keep that home. <laughs> no. I'm going to force you to drink that one too, Paul. This one is so gross. Blue point white. It's, it's not gross. It's just not as good as. It's not as good. It doesn't have those other kind of complex flavors that raisin, that, I mean, that yeah. the imperial, the, the oak aged imperial just has just, a sweetness. It just really is good. I'm surprised you don't drink that more because, like you, ne- yeah, you yeah. said, it is more like Innocent Gun. Mm-hmm. It is like drinking a fine scotch just without like the alcohol burn to it. Mm-hmm. The back burner is one that I will probably pick up a lot more now. Yeah, because it is. It does have it's, that sweetness. It does. It doesn't have that like barley wine coat either. Like that, you just get like it. Just yeah, fills your mouth. It's just an acrid after. After you swallow just this acrid bite to it, that just leaves me all dry, even in the lower it's, jaw. It's a dry your mouth out barley wine. Um, just it hates me. What? I don't understand why it hates me what so was, much. What was uh, not the old crustacean, but like what was one of the other barley wines that we had that had that? It was the uh, Scandinavian one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the other one that you had. I, I'm the uh, Fordian slip. Yeah, I forgot the name of it when I was typing up the review of the podcast too. So it's okay. Um, I probably would take the Freudian slip over this. I would take everything else we've had over. It. Yes, <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not good. It is not. But you know, I, I had such high hopes for it. You know, yeah. much like how we, I I really enjoy Bluepoint. You know what we? We've, you know what we should that. do is let's my bottle age it. Let's age it. Let's sit on it for a year. Yeah. There we go. Mark it, mark it with the episode. Well, we'll write it down we'll so we can listen there. to a review of how much we hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know uh, Blue Point was from Long Island. Hmm. I feel like I knew that in the back of my yeah the back of my mind. You know, and when you're between a barley wine and New York City, the best you can do, the best you can back, do is fire back, back burner. Is yeah, come to Western New York and drink back burner instead. I uh, I agree. Uh, but the best we can do is review another comic book that came out in December, and it is Chris's offering of... This is All New X-Men, number one, written by Brian Michael Bendis, and if you've listened to this show, you know we don't like him. But isn't it like number him. three? Oh, it is number three. Shit. I thought it was number one. I just picked it up because I saw it on the sands and I had seen it there before. All right, it's, it's number, number three. three. My bad. December. It's number three, but it kind of is number one. It reads like a number one. It reads like a number one. Yeah. It's I... still introducing everything. You know Why? It's a Bendis book. There we are. There we um, go. Art by Stuart Eminen. Um, what we have here is the aftermath of Avengers vs. X-Men, or AVX. We still don't know what to really call that whole crossover thing. Um, and we have Cyclops getting the band back together, almost. Trying to. He's putting the band Trying back together. To. You've It'll got, take, take us 12 issues. It's going to take a while. But um, what we've realized is things have changed a little bit. You uh, were going to try to argue with me, John, but you knew it was right. I was going to say twenty-four issues. No, I mean, oh. it, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a Bendis book, so it's going to take a while. Actually, things kind of move in this book. Th- th- things go. It it doesn't read like your normal Bendis book, but then it does. Um, people have been changed after. Mm-hmm. 
the run-in with the Phoenix Force. Cyclops' powers are weird. Magic's powers are weird. Magneto's powers are off. Emma Frost. And we have new mutants popping up. And I think I owe Marvel a nickel now for using the term new mutants. I do like the new mutants. Stuff, yeah. Like calling them the new mutants. Because <laughs> that uh, just makes me think, oh, there's going to be a new mutants book coming out. Soon. There's always going to be a new mutants book there, coming out. There's still a... Oh, no, they're part of the Avengers arena, right? The new mutants now? Uh-huh. Who knows? But what we have here is not only people changed, powers changed, but we have a Cyclops just denying all guilt. Magneto would be like, no, you, you fucking did this. Own up to it. I did. Yeah. And, and Cyclops trying to get his, uh, girlfriend out of the back of the truck and now she's just kind of like, you messed with my powers. Leave. Yeah. Um, but she's got I, no place else to go other and, than prison. I like seeing Cyclops on the shit end of things. I yeah. I just think it's great and it suits his character so well. He's not he's he's not the pretty boy anymore. And that that rung to go from the golden child. That rung to go is to that kind of rock bottom to bad guy. Not mm-hmm. not good guy. Not good guy. Let's say yeah. it like that. And you know he is and we've had that moment what was the Avengers book when Alex went? It was Avengers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hickman when Uncan- Alex. No, it's Uncanny Avengers. Uncanny Avengers. Who's who was writing that? That was uh, Jason Aaron. Was it Aaron or was it? I don't read. I didn't read did you any review of that. that book, or did um, I just? You I might have just picked it up. I don't think I would have said. Un- no, you were buying random Avengers books. No, for I a while. bought it. No, Paul. Paul bought it. I okay, thought we I reviewed it for the podcast. We probably did, um, but it was it was with Alex going in and talking to Cyclops while he was in prison, mm-hmm. and he's got the the blind kind of thing on his eyes, and he's a huge prick. And I was kind of like, I kind of like Scott Summers, the bad guy, the the ass, a lot better than Cyclops, the yeah. goody two shoes. And this is the good. Rick Remender is the writer on Uncanny Avengers. Okay. Yeah, I like, I like that Uncanny Avengers, Scott, more than we, we did review that one. Yeah, more than yeah. the it wasn't it wasn't me. What was it? Did you make a Shaggy? Yeah, I, shaggy. I didn't do it. yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Thanks, thanks for reading my Facebook, John. <laughs> hey, we're best friends. <laughs> Um, Taking away Emma Frost's powers. This wasn't me. This is a fun X Men book <laughs> that's not Wolverine and the X Men. Screwing with all your powers. Wasn't me. Oh, Paul. <laughs> it was funny the first time. Because, but I, was, I love it because it sounds nothing like the actual song. <laughs> but I needed the rhyme. <laughs> um. Uh, I I really enjoy this in spite of it being a Bendis book. And then Emma Frost came out and just did not read like Emma Frost when she was speaking. And there was just something about the voice of the character that was off. Yeah, that she's not I that noticed high that. high educated. And and when you're like, I'm just gonna I'm try gonna to talk find down when they, to people. When they, kind of when they thing. bust her out here. It took me a while to realize it was Emma Frost. Yeah, I thought until it was magic she, until first. she di- turned to diamond. Had yeah. no clue. But why would she turn to Diamond if her powers are off? Well, her oh, because her powers yeah. are off. Um, I kind of, I kind of read it as 
Emma Frost being so mad that she's that you've, she's, you've she, seen her mad before. The, the he, kind of I appreciate the bust out, fellas, but I'll see you in another life away from you. Yeah, that isn't. Well, she has been in prison. <laughs> Mister G shucks innocent over here. Let you have it pretty good with the Phoenix Force, didn't he? Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, no, I, I guess it, it's, it doesn't. And her. I kind of just saw it as her just that so pissed she's lo- she lost that air of her sophistication that she tries to uphold. I, but no, you, you know what? You pointing that out? Yeah, no, it doesn't. I did like the Magneto, not in the beginning. At, at the at the, the tail end, the when he's talking at, to him. The, yeah, at the Magneto at the end. Yeah, that yeah. was good. When he, mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed when this. When he just says like. No, I was mad. I did a lot of bad things. I have to live with those things. But I did them. And he's like, I've never denied. I did that. Yeah. No, he says he tried to deny it, but then he realized it was all me. And I want to get back, because I had a really good line. (laughs) Uh, Brian Michael Bendis needs to realize that Emma Frost lays the smack, like, Downton Abbey style. Like, that's how she should be. You know, it should undercut the people... In such a way that they don't even realize they're being undercut. Yeah. But the book is the real, real, the book is all leading to, and the reason people would be buying the Happens all new this issue X-Men, number three, number three, which is the reason we're reviewing it, is the nineteen sixties X Men show up at the end. They come back. Um, nineteen sixties X Men, the X Men nobody cared about because yeah. that book got canceled. It didn't, it didn't last long. Well, they were feared and hated, Paul. Yes, um, by readers. Th- and this is, I never thought I'd be like, yeah, you know what, I want to buy a Bendis book. It's, th- I I really do want to see where this is going. And like we talked about a little bit with our Look For show, this is the year of Marvel. It's like, yeah, I want to read more of the books. They're in a really interesting spot. I would <coughs> borrow... Your issues, Chris, or your issues, Paul? I would borrow somebody's trade because this is I, the third issue. I it felt like the first. It does feel like the first. I didn't think it was the third because I right. just picked it up off the shelf and I was like, "Oh, all new X Men." I haven't seen this on the shelf before. I do now that I know it's number three. I want to go back and find one and two. Mm-hmm. I would read the trade of it, but like I said, I was reading the recap page and I'm like, "Huh, when did Beast go back in time?" Oh. And we're like, probably happened in some other X-Men book that we yeah. were reading. It probably happened in issue one. Yeah, it's probably number one. Uh, uh, well, it doesn't like, matter. Like, here's, you know? Yeah, it, it what, doesn't. What I was going to say is, I would read, if Chris continued to pick this up, I'd read his issues mm-hmm. of it. But if he forgot to set them out for me to read, and I went months without reading them, I'd probably be I happier. would just be like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Wait, let me just tap on the computer here. Bup, 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 bup. Oh, this is what happened. Okay. It's not something I need to read, but the fact that... You I, don't mind reading I, it. I, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. And I really do enjoy Stuart Eminen on art. When he yes. did the issues for Avengers for Sexman, AVX, whatever, loved it. Uh, his Next Wave stuff with Warren Ellis, loved it. He has a great expressive superhero style. I like how he fantastic. his Magneto powers coming out, too. Uh, like, I liked all of that. I really like the way he draws Cyclops' optic blast just 
crazy. Crazy. Like, he has no control over it. It reminds me of, like, that early Scotty Young style, just like that graffiti-esque. Yeah. Like, it's just that bold. Well, one of the other things <sighs> is, like, Magic. I don't know why Magic is helping Scott out, but then they have that moment, like, Well, well she was one of the Phoenix Five. She was one of the Phoenix okay. Five. But she was like, oh, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. you know, my brother Colossus, when he's found, you know, he doesn't want to be found right now, but when he does, he's going to want to break your neck. That's And that's the thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to see Colossus find out that Scott's responsible for everything. I, I want that payoff there. I I think this book is gr- really good. I, I was going to say great, and then I realized, like, oh, the voices are off a little bit. Yeah. And I just chucked that up to Ben just just... He was writing a book. Mm-hmm. I do want to see looks... this. Young Scott and old Scott. Like, they're the opposite. Oh, just had old, old Scott being like, what the hell have you become? I, I passed it off to Paul because I don't know if you want to flip through it since uh, I've been hoarding it. Well, I've always, the one thing that I'm really upset is that I really loved in un, uh, what Uncanny X-Men was the dynamic with Scott and Emma Frost. Even in New X-Men with Grant Morrison, love Scott and Emma together. Mm-hmm. Just really enjoyed those two together. And now we're in a Marvel universe where it isn't going to work. Yeah, they're at odds with each other now. And there's no way if Jean Grey came back, I was this, gonna say, this Scott well, do, is going to win. Think, do you but think old heart. Scott's going to try to pick up young Scott or young Jean Grey? Well, if old Scott picks up young Scott, Whoa. that'd be... I think you've been on Slash Fiction a little too long. John. I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, not not the right episode to discuss it. <laughs> Old internet memes. Um, I I enjoyed it. I look forward to more. But it, I would want to read them all in one sitting, especially if this is the third issue and it felt like a number one. And that's just that's just Bendis. But it if you think it's number one, it reads. So much like a number one. It was great. Now I kind of want that number zero that was number two and that negative one that was one. Oh, and I, I chalk up a lot of this to Stuart Eminent. I think if anyone else was on art, like if they had passed off to, I don't want to say it this way, but I'm going to like a lesser artist, mm-hmm. just someone that can put the book out, I probably wouldn't have gravitated towards this. Like much. when Paul was trying to get us to read X-Men? What are, I can't remember even what remember what that artist name. The was. one with Brian Wood. No, 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 not X Men. The I, I can't remember who. Uncanny X Men, and it was with Greg Land. Oh yeah, and it was Kyle or uh, <coughs> Killian. Uh, Kieran. Uh, Karen Gillian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember honestly. I don't remember really what those eps, uh, issues were about too much. But I just remember sitting around and being like, "And no, look, no, at no, th- not the Mister, no, not the Mister Sinister stuff. The stuff with it was uh, before that. Bla- uh, it was with the uh, uh, what's his name from uh, 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 Hellfire Club. Yeah, leader of the Sebastian Shaw. Sebastian <laughs> Shaw. Well, they were, and they oh, had yeah, the, yeah. the the people that were getting the powers to become like the. New X Men, quote unquote. But that wasn't from Sebastian Shaw. There was like four. No, but that, that, yeah, that was in, yeah. that was in that yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. You made us read it. It was and good. It was, it was it, no, it was good. But the, all we did, we the sat story around, was good. We sat around and we were like, and fucking look at this page. Oh, look at this panel. There's there's the head popping through the like the barrier. I, like, I was we were, Chris and I were hanging out. He was playing Marvel versus Capcom. I was reading the book, and then I. Gave him the book and I started playing it. He's like, "How was it?" And I was like, 
Yeah. And then Chris is like halfway through the book, like, look at this. And he's pulling books off of, uh, out of his shelf, like, yeah. Check at this. Greg Land used to be a good artist, guys, believe it or not. <laughs> you liked him on Nightwing. But yes. we don't need to talk about I Nightwing know. because this is a Marvel centric <laughs> podcast now. We're talking about Jonathan Hickman's and Steve Epting's new X Men number one. New Avengers. No, new, new Avengers. Avengers. Too many news. Number one. We were and just talking about it. It's really, I'm sorry. It's really new Avenger. New Thanks Avenger. for coming down on me. New, such a soft Harley Wines. Car- Stop way. being a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, new Avengers colon Illuminati. You you could call it, it that. They they call it that. It's a storyline. It's the Illuminati, which is something that Brian Michael Bendis came up with. The Illuminati. Yeah, so, way back uh, with New Avengers, the first. <laughs> uh. We don't get any hints of scrolls, so that's different for a New Avengers number one. Uh, New Avengers Illuminati. Okay, yeah, cool, yeah, very yeah, good. The Illuminati. It, it's story arc. It's a story it's arc. Title. No, I know. I'm just saying, but that's what it's billed as. Okay. Very good. Do you want a donut? <laughs> I do want a donut. <laughs> I would really like one, Paul. Are you offering it, not having it? And I have one. Go down to Tim Hortons. They're open up 24-7. Oh, they're 24-7. But anyways, uh, this is a story of Black Panther uh, leading the next generation of uh, Wakandans to the next, what they're going to be doing next. Wakanda has become the this premier space race country with the United States not doing any manned missions. The East just fumbling around, you know, China and Russia's not doing anything. So Wakanda is this superpower of the space race now, and they're going to be looking at this this new solar system that they're going to try to colonize or explore with this family that is the greatest of their generation. And, and the one kid's grandfather... Was, was a, a Black, Black Panther. Panther. He was the wall. So you see the Black Panther, T'Challa, right? T'Challa. Um, T'Challa. T'Challa was, you could grow. <laughs> Chinchillas are small mammals that are adorable and soft. Knuckles, uh, from Sonic. And... No, he was a, uh. Isn't he a fox? He's a oh, chinchilla. No, he's not a chinchilla. It's an enchur. Uh. I was going to say enchilada, but that's not it, because okay. that's a delicious But anyways, food. you look that up. I'm but, on it. Uh, but they come across... It's a... He's an echidna, which is like a small marsupial. Enchila. Enchilada. <laughs> Let's just call him an enchilada now, because that's fun. That's long but they come, we have They now. come across a <laughs> interdimensional... Portal? Portal? That transfers them to another planet. It, with, I don't think it... it Puts them in another time and place, maybe. Yeah. Where a destroyer of worlds is coming to Earth. And she eliminates, eliminates the, uh, this future generations of Wakanda. You know, the, the people. The, the brother and the sister. Sister of the higher up one. The one that you would think this is his story to become the Black, Black Panther. Panther. Right. They're all cut down. They're all cut down. They're gone. All three of them. <laughs> they're the best that Wakanda had to offer, and they're now dead. 
the Black Panther now has no real hope for the future and this looming doom coming to Earth. So what does he have to do? You don't get to learn until the last page because it's all dealing with that. It's a very decompressed kind of story because you're giving these, like, you're introduced to these three characters, you get the death of these three characters, and you hardly get a reaction from Black Panther. Well, you get a reaction because he, he, he goes, he goes in and he yeah, goes he, eat he, shit he, and he, kills he's them. Mad, yeah. he, he's mad. He goes in, and but Where, then you set up the final panel is the long play. You 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 do get something from him because his plan is to go back to the city, inform them <clears> of what's going on, and then take our time to find out what's going on. So, Where when these kids are killed, yeah, he's like he goes nope, no backup needed. Everybody's dead. Which, did I, you say who this is by, Paul? Yeah. John Hickman, Steve Eppin. Okay. Yeah. Um, Black Panther's costume does stuff that I didn't even realize it did before. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought the same thing, but I remember that Storm and when he Storm was his queen, that kind of stuff. They, they I remember married, his yeah. suit doing that kind of stuff when I looked at I just remember, like, in one panel, I'm like, oh, he doesn't have a mask on now? Did it get ripped off? And then, like, and two then, panels later, it's, it's like, like, forms, like, like, yeah, forming back on him. Like, oh, it's construct. Oh, he has construct mask. Okay. It's Wakandian. I know. Uh, they, and, um, that, what is it? Vibranium. Vibranium. It's, it's technology. It, it makes sense when I was like, oh, it just. I don't read enough Black Panther to realize that he has this at his disposal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does make Black Panther a badass. So, at the end, he brings in the Illuminati that he walked out on years ago. He, but, bring the, he brings those characters mm-hmm. to help squash this, plus Captain America. Right, but we also know Beast is going because. He's I didn't. The, I didn't know that. He's on the cover. He's on the cover. He's on the cover there. Beast. We all know that Beast he's, is going to be part back of the in team. time. Yeah, or he's dying. Who knows? From what we've learned in All New X Men number three. Uh, I. I. Why is it called All New X Men number three? Want to see old? Because X-Men. they are. They already have a book called X Men, and but it's the old old X Men of the nineteen sixties. I, I don't know. It's because it's an all new X Men book, Paul. Okay. It's not. It's down not. His floor and saw that, <laughs> and then I was really annoyed. Barley wine made me time travel <laughs> and become past annoyed, and all the annoyance has built up over that time. Um, I thought I really liked Jonathan Hickman's Avengers. No, this is better. This is better. This is the book that I want to continue to read. This is the book that. When I see that it's coming out, I'm asking Paul, like, no, you gotta let me borrow it. I'm gonna strong arm you to let me borrow it. <laughs> I know. I, this is... I really like this. I really want to see where this goes. Now you understand why it was my 2013 look forward pick. You know what? It was, I would read more. I don't feel the need to. And it could just be because I'm not a big enough Black Panther fan that I had a lot invested in this. Yeah, but that was just this one issue. I, I know, but that's Mr. That's, Fantastic is also featured on but two pages. Here's no, he showed up. He wasn't mm-hmm. featured. He's featured this, on the one page. On the one page, he was featured. He, he, was, the the one, only, he was the one he was character there. on that, the only one page, on that page in like three or four panels. Yeah. See, that, the selling point featured. to you with the Jonathan Hickman having. Yeah. yeah, read Richards. For mm-hmm. me, this was a Black Panther book where oh, the Illuminati shows up at the end, and 
I tried getting into Black Panther before because I heard really good things about the uh, Christopher Priest issues back during the early 2000s. And I picked up like two of them. I was just like, eh. And I kind of felt the same way about this one. Didn't write it off. Don't dislike it. But it's just there was enough there for me to be like, oh, I need to read New Avengers. Well, I had that from Amazing Spider-Man. I had that from All New X-Men. Uh, I didn't have it with All New X-Men, but I did have it with this book because I kind of saw this as Black Panther's, like... he's. It feels like he's going to be leading the team he, after this first issue. Not just leading the team, but he's got personality. Like, he's got something going he, on. He does have a little bit more personality in this than I've seen in anything recently. Yeah. It's the thing that got me to go, hey, maybe Black Panther. You know, like you, have, that, you have those moments like Brian Metzler having Brad, 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 Metzler. Brad Metzler stabbing Green Arrows, stabbing Deathlock with an arrow, and you kind of go... Deathshot. Not Deathshot. Deathshot. No. Deathlock. No. De- no. no you, Deathstroke. Yeah, Deathstroke. you were there all we over there. Uh, well, at least, Stabbing him in the eye. Yes, I got the right yeah, universe. Know, good job, Paul. Right. <laughs> Deathshot... One eye in DC, Deathlock, Cyborgs from Marvel. Um, but you ha- you have that moment where you go, the Green Arrow. This is that kind of book that I went, oh, Black Panther. Okay, mm-hmm. I can get behind this. That moment where he's talking to whatever the girl's name is, where the Black Swan, the Black Swan, yes, where she's like. Would- would you try to stop us if you thought we were going to destroy a world? And he'd be like, no, I would do more than try. Yeah. It, it was like That's that. a badass It's like, all right, Black Panther's badass, and here it is in one panel showing mm-hmm. it. And that's where I was like, okay, maybe he's not that bad. So that that was... Yeah, he's not that, that bad. Was a great he's mo- that badass. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great moment from Hickman there. Like, I really I really enjoyed it. And, and, and that's the kind of stuff that, yeah, like... Hey, I'd want to. I want to check out more. Mm-hmm. If I didn't think <coughs> Paul was going to be buying anymore, I picked I, it as my pick I, for I, next I, week. I might be. Yeah. And <laughs> what did I say? I yeah. w- want to read yours. I would be a little more hard pressed to picking it up or just waiting for trade. But because I know that you're going to be having it, it's something mm-hmm. that I want to take from you to read myself. I will make sure that I leave it out for you. Thank you. But, yeah, there's, for whatever reason, sometimes characters click, like, for what, the the owl. What, what is, is that his name? The owl? Talon? No, Talon. Uh, didn't click for me. You guys, for whatever, you know, that moment hit, and you're like, nope, this is, I'm in. And I can understand why you're like, oh, that was a badass moment. Awesome. But I'm still not really in. I'm not buying into the Black Panther. I can understand that, you know? But I don't really don't think this is going to be... It'll might be Black Panther almost-centric, but the next issue, it's going to be the Avengers, you know? It's going yeah. to be the new Avengers. It, it's not going to be that yeah. and Black it, Panther anymore. And, I, and it's yeah. not... And I, like, it's not the Avengers book, you know? He has an Avengers book. This is yes. the Illuminati. This is that... I want to I want to say like more sophisticated superheroes the the geniuses the 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 smart guys. Can you see why I said like I feel like this book will probably tie more into the regular continuity 
Of no, I don't think Marvel? this book yeah, would. Yeah, no, not not at all. Oh, really? Then the other book other? would be yeah. more inclined to, and that's still okay. out there. I think these books are going to be. I feel like their that own, one was so far out there. This I one, think these books are going to be their own mm-hmm. books. Okay. Like this book is going to, like I said, it's all the smart guys. You know, yeah. it's Black Bolt, it's Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Strange, Reed Richards, Reed Richards. It's these guys all together as being. Beast. The the he, he's kind of that stand-in for Xavier, who was in the original. Right, to talk about that, but he's also a, a genius, yeah. a, sm- a smart guy. guy. He's a smart guy. But it's these guys who have their moments where they can be cold and calculating. It's a group of these guys where they're actually going to be like doing some shit. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm looking for: is that smart, sophisticated. But able to create a giant hard fist and knock your block off and do some really cool shit. Like that's what I'm really looking for looking for in this book. Right. Now if it's a lot of just sitting around and talking and being really drab, I'd be a little like, Ugh. but I don't expect that out of Hickman. I expect some conversation, but those conversations moving to a point mm-hmm. where instead in some writers it's just a conversation that leads like four issues and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. This is something that I expect is going to lead to something that's really going to be a payoff. I agree because otherwise I wouldn't be buying this and, book. Well, and, and, and you've read enough Hickman stuff yeah. that you know what it and will I've go heard, towards. And I've heard enough Hickman stuff <laughs> from Paul that I know that there's always going to be a payoff. And if you've heard enough for us to Pay off in dividends. <laughs> your student loans. <laughs> I did not know where you were going with that. In dividends, pay those dividends back to us with a rating and a review on iTunes. Those help other people find the podcast. Ratings and reviews are the things that set our podcast up in the news and noteworthy section of iTunes. We were up there once before. I'd like to be there again. Yeah, the top podcast <coughs> section of we're in the hobby section of when, iTunes. When you type in bagged. Board comes up. You would hope that that happens, and how that happens is more rating and reviews from you, the listeners. So we do appreciate that. It gets us more listeners. It's yes. the only way for us to do it. And we just got another one. Yes, yes from Jesse O Four. Uh, she writes uh, such a good podcast. It's entertaining, nerdy. At least one really sexy host. We That's get, me. We get to fight about it. <laughs> Comics, you all know who it is. Comics, yeah, video me. games, and. Comics, video games, and alcohol. What else could a suitable girl ask for? Girl, girls, girls like us. Girls girl. like us? What? But uh, other ways to can... I at least know of three that like us, and it's all our mothers. I was going to say, one's definitely your mom. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, there's other ways to get in contact with us, and it is through Facebook. Facebook. Hey, high five. Ah. Uh. I did it with my left hand. That was weird. It was strange. I know. I've never done that before. Uh, our Twitter? You can follow us over at Twitter. You can like us on Facebook. And you can email us over at contact at Or, hey, email your favorite member of the Bagging Broadcast individually. It's just our name at com. John doesn't read his, just to yeah. give you a heads up. Chris checks mine for me. Like once every five months. Uh, the only time I check it is when we send things to get press passes. 